All right, welcome on back. Tub Club is back after a bye week. Uh, we had our own bye week last week. Um, so we are back. Uh, we are going to talk a little headlines here. Um, I We got a scandal to talk about. Uh, last time we were on, we talked about three undefeated ACC teams. Two, not, a, not a factor anymore at all. Um, we have some upsets to talk about, and we'll probably get into maybe a little college football landscape here um, at some point, because um, I, I do think we could probably eliminate some teams here. Um, but to kick it off, how are we doing, BCB? Uh, hanging in there, man. Life's been uh, been rough to me here the last week or so, but gambling has not been as rough, so I guess that's a little, little bit of a bright spot. Um, Ole Miss is still alive here and, uh, and, and got everything, uh, everything looking at in, in front of them so far between the SEC title game and uh, everything. So from a fandom standpoint, from a gambling standpoint, looking, looking good so far and hopefully keep it rolling into the weekend. All right, let's do it. We got week, week nine preview. We'll do a quick recap of week seven and a, uh, maybe a little longer reca recap of week eight. We had Oregon at Washington. Yeah. Washington ended up winning by three. Game was pretty awesome. Um, I would say both teams are very good. Oregon's first loss, Washington looks like the real deal. Um, they're easily the front runner to win the Pac-12. If they win out, they probably get in the playoff. But it, it will we'll figure out that as we go. It's hard to see if they have don't have any losses or fumbles here. And they went out. I don't know how they could not get in the playoff. And I don't know how Penix doesn't win the Heisman. Um, there were a couple times that Oregon had opportunities to kick field goals. Um, I think there was three fourth downs and fourth and shorts, and they went for it on all three, and they didn't get it on all three. I am – I know there's all the statistics these days – I still, if you're on the road, take the points. I just don't understand, especially early in the game. If you're down late, I get it. You need more than three. But if it's three, three ties the game or three cuts the lead, just take the three, especially on the road. Um, thoughts on this game, BCB? Yeah, no, so it's like the, the one that sticks out is in that game. So a couple things. So Oregon early, like right before halftime, it's a fourth and goal on like the four. There's like six seconds left and they get the ball at halftime as opposed to just kicking, taking the three and then getting the ball at halftime. Uh, they decide to go for it. Don't get it. So you leave three points on the board there, which I'm sure most of the metrics too on going for it uh, from an advanced analytics standpoint, a lot of the, the stuff that comes along with, you know, even if you fail it, then the other team has to have a possession starting on their own four or three or whatever. Well, that's not in play because it's halftime. So you're literally throwing it out the window there. Um, and then late in the game, too, after their defense had made back-to-back -back stops, they decided to go for it um, on fourth and short near near center field as opposed to just punting and letting their defense, you know, try and make them go at least 80 yards down the field. And it didn't work out. So 
and then Oregon did drive the field late on him and tried kicking a field goal and the kid missed it, uh, missed a 30 something yard field goal. So unfortunately it was one of those things where I thought Oregon was probably the better team. Um, but like you said, road game, they just made a lot of mistakes, weren't able to win. Uh, I've got them at 40 to one. I think they're still very much in it. I honestly think I'll call it now uh, as I, I, USC's long dead, even though they only have one conference loss. I think it's, I think we're on a collision course here where it's going to be probably Oregon, I'll, uh, the winner of Oregon, Oregon state. So the winner of the, the civil war, right. Uh, up there, whoever wins that game will probably play Washington in the conference title game. I, I would love to see an Oregon Washington uh, rematch on a neutral field. I think Oregon would probably win uh, everything, you know, given everything now, um, barring, you know, a, a major injury to a key contributor. But, yeah, no, I think if Washington wins out, wins a conference, um, Penix is probably your Heisman winner, and Washington should be the number one seed going into the uh, college football playoff. Uh, yeah, co- yeah, completely agree. Um, and th- so the next game kind of want to transition right into is USC. Um, so, the, again, this was two weeks ago, but um, USC at Notre Dame. Notre Dame really just stomped them. Um, I, I I think USC's dead now. Uh, we'll get into kind of week eight, a couple of big games that we had. But, um, yeah, Notre Dame just looked really good. Uh, they were coming off the loss at Louisville. And, uh, yeah, they just kind of stomped USC. Um, there's talks already that uh, – I think people are saying Caleb Williams should sit down for the rest of the year and he wants ownership of NFL teams. Um, but I mean, I'm pretty much to the point where I think Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams are both frauds. Um, I know it's more their defense, but like, I mean, they still lost 48 to 20. So it wasn't like the offense came and showed up and that Notre Dame team is pretty good. I will say um, they, they are probably very good. Um only losses to Ohio at or Ohio State, which I don't know. I, I think Ohio State's a legit playoff team. We'll see what happens here. Um, we'll talk about them here in the week eight. But yeah, I mean, any thoughts on this game? I think we knew who Notre Dame was. I don't think we really knew who USC was. Um, we've seen some like Colorado, the comeback. Like we talked about it either being a dogfight or a shootout. And I, it, it ended up just being an ass whooping. Yeah, it was, uh, I'll say this. I, I kind of questioned going into it, how bought in the USC team was. It seemed like every single week, um, the quote that Caleb Williams was talking after the game or on Mondays when he's speaking with the media or whatever, uh, it's always NFL this, or I can make a lot of money doing this, or I'm only going to play for these NFL teams. It's like, dude, you're midway through a college season. Uh, where your team's undefeated and, and has national championship hopes, let's let's lock it in a little bit here. And then you've got Lincoln Riley dropping quotes about how he kind of envies the NFL head coach's lifestyle. So I, it's fascinating now where USC goes because uh, they still have a very tough three-game stretch to end the season in front of them. Uh, there's a very good chance this team could end up like seven and five. I did see Emmanuel Acho. Um, he was the one that was advocating Caleb Williams should just sit out because he can't win the Heisman. He's not going to make the college football playoff. Um, honestly, that kind of makes me look like a prophet because I told you this is exactly what would happen in a 12-team playoff. Like <laughs> that conversation, I know it's not a 12-team playoff this year, but 
that's the exact conversation people are going to be having about a 12 team playoff now is going to be well should guys on the the 12th or 11th or 10th seeds or whatever they don't really have a chance so uh why should they play four more games for free so uh yeah i'm i'm done with usc for the year i was never really on them but i think they are uh yeah they're they're a team I would say they're not a team. They're just a collection of individuals, really. Some talented individuals, but it never really kind of came together as a team. And they just lost to Utah's third-string quarterback. Uh, again, another team that was more physical than them last week. So good luck to you, Caleb Williams. Uh, in the NFL, it seems like that's where he's wanted to be all along. Uh, he made a lot of money playing at USC under the NIL. It'll be interesting to see, though, because the NIL guys, the guys that are funding this NIL are probably, if you've got the money to give hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars um, to a university to, to try and attract college football players for a couple seasons, going seven and five probably isn't the ROI that you want on your investment. So it'll be interesting to see if we're kind of in a bubble here with some of these NIL deals um, and how much, how, you know, how much money they're going to be able to get just being privately funded going forward um, if your, your team's not winning. And I think Lincoln Riley will probably be at an NFL job next year, two years from now. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, the next game really wanted to talk about was it's uh, Miami at uh, UNC. Uh, UNC ended up winning 41 to 31, but that game doesn't really matter because UNC, in the most embarrassing way, lost to Virginia last week. Um, so, I thought this UNC team might be legit, but a uh, pretty embarrassing loss against Virginia at home. Uh, tough way to lose your lose your uh, undefeated season. And, I mean, they still have a chance to go to the ACC title game. Um, but I think that I think that loss alone kicks them out of the playoff. Yeah, <clears throat> that's uh... – you know, it's funny because that would be the story of the year in terms of upsets if it wasn't for Colorado over TCU to kind of kick off week one. And, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's about as bad as losses I can remember. I mean, we I had an FCS school against uh, against Virginia, and that FCS school was up on them 13-3 to a week ago at one point. So, yeah, Virginia, I mean, that, that might be a job-saving win for their head coach, uh, for Coach Elliott down there. So, Props to them on that, but man, it's uh, the the UNC tenure under Mac Brown has kind of always seemed to me like two steps forward, one step back, and probably just going to be uh, a tenure that you look back on it and they were a little more relevant than what we're used to, and they had some nice quarterback play and a couple couple you know fun games here and there, but I think that team's probably about maxed out. Yeah, the last game from Week Seven, um, another Pac-12 game that we previewed a, two weeks ago. Um, UCLA at Oregon State. Um, Oregon State ended up winning 36-24. I didn't get to watch a ton of this game. I think we know who Oregon State is. thought UCLA was a pretty good team. Uh, it's just tough to go on the road. Uh, the Pac-12 is just a fucking gauntlet. It's just tough to go on the road and beat anyone out there. We, we'll, we'll preview week, week nine in a big game in the Pac-12. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Oregon State's legit. And you, you said it earlier. I mean – that Oregon Oregon State game might be for who goes to the Pac-12 title game, um, depending on if there's any slip ups from from now until that that kind of Thanksgiving, basically. Yeah, which I'm sure there will be. It, it, that seems like a conference where we're just you're going to get a wrench thrown into it at some point. Um, 
honestly, you kind of did last week with Utah winning. I know it was only seven point dogs and they beat him four years in a row or whatever, but this is why college football is the best, man. People rush to anoint things. Uh, like everybody, I remember in some group chats and stuff, I mean, everybody's like, oh, well, it's going to be Georgia's year no matter what. Georgia already has it wrapped up and that looks far from the case. So we're the kind of sad when you look at the team's records, you're looking at six and one, seven and one for some of these teams. You're like, oh man, the, the, it's already three quarter, you know, we're two thirds of the way through the season here, but should be a last, you know, fun last month here as we, we go through November uh, to kind of see how it all shakes out. Yeah. Um, and now, yeah, we'll get on to uh, week eight. I know we talked about some of the games might as well just hit them again. Yeah. I mean, North Carolina to Virginia, I actually do. I, I know you said it, but I actually do think that's a bigger upset. I think that is the upset of the year. I mean, it was minus 24, um, which was bigger than the TCU Colorado one. I think Colorado just had more hype and everyone watched that game. Yeah. yeah. This one, I don't, I don't know if it was on the CW, <laughs> which people were asking me like, what is the CW? Um, and people didn't even know they had it. I was talking to a UNC fan and they were like, I didn't even know I got the CW, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, 24 point favorites, you're number 10 in the country and you lose to Virginia. Not a whole lot to say. You got anything else to say on that game? No, just uh, that game was on the CW and rightfully so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you would have ever asked me to go in and power rank, 20 plus point underdogs that I thought would win one outright. You'd never would have got the Virginia Cavaliers from me this year. So props to them, I guess, for kind of an earth shattering win there, but no, that's, that's upset of the year, in my opinion. And I'd be shocked if something else topped it. Uh, next game. Um, it was the first game of the day, Penn state at Ohio state. This was a true big 10 game. Um, I guess Drew Allard, Drew Allard's probably first real road test. Um, this was a true defensive kind of battle. Um, it, it really just played out um, probably how people expected. Um, I don't think Penn State just doesn't have the skill players and Ohio State does. I think, I mean, Marvin Harrison just kind of took over the game. Easily the best player in the game neither quarterback was good McCord was not good um they trusted his defense also and they came up with big stops all day long um but this was this was a true big 10 battle another good win for Ohio State I'm kind of surprised they're not above Michigan yet but um I mean Ohio State has wins at Notre Dame and now home versus Penn State Michigan hasn't played anybody um so it's it's Somewhat surprising that Ohio State's above them, but that's kind of just how the committee works. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I I don't Michigan beat the shit out of Michigan State, and I people are saying that like, oh, that proves they're so much better than Penn State and Ohio State. Like that's so wrong. Yeah. They're Ohio State and Penn State's defenses are both elite. Um, I'm excited to see Michigan play a real team so when they play Penn State. Um, and then they get Ohio State after that. So looking forward to that. But, um, yeah, I mean, thoughts on this game? I, 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 I mean, it was just it was a big 10 game. Yeah, you covered a lot of it. Um, the, the funny thing is, so it's like 
Yeah, Drew Aller, uh, like you talk about, <clears throat> young quarterbacks in college football, <clears throat> fading them in a road spot. Uh, that's, you know, it's kind of the spot that came up for Drew Aller there. I didn't play well. I, I haven't really been impressed by Kyle McCord. The thing is, though, he's, he might not be terrible. I think he's just a young quarterback. It's just Ohio State fans have been so spoiled by the level of quarterback play they've had the last few years that you get a kid that's probably about like what everybody else has in college football. He's still a little bit better. A lot of teams would like to have him. I'm sure every team in the Big Ten West would like to have him uh, at quarterback, but just not the hand you're dealt. So, I yeah, it – I mean, it's a collision course between Ohio State and Michigan. Um, shout out to our buddy, Kay Ford. He's got uh, – he's actually got Michigan as the number one team in his power ratings, and Ohio State is the number two team. And he's got Michigan favored by about a half point on a neutral field. So, should be a really good game when those two finally meet. I would imagine Michigan gets through Penn State. Fun stat, I saw James Franklin is now – uh, four and 15 against Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh since he's been at um, since he's been at Penn State but he's only been favored in one of those games and he was one to know in the games that he was favored in. so that's kind of the thing it's like with college football Ohio State definitely had the better players right so do I think I mean James Franklin they they played him pretty tough for most of the game Penn State just couldn't make plays and then Ohio State got up two scores, and then they scored late to, to kind of dress up the score a little bit, get it back to about a one-touchdown game. But, yeah, Ohio State-Michigan uh, looks like that should be a very big game in terms of CFP um, going forward. So, Yeah, for sure. I mean, Ohio State was – they were also missing Trevion Henderson and um, Mecca Buka, um, which, I mean, they probably – they might be able to blow Penn State out with those two guys. Um, but I, it was still very competitive. I don't, I, I still think Penn state's a very good team. I think Drew Allen will learn and grow from this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think both of those defenses are just elite. Yeah. Just two. Yeah. That's the thing now, right? Like Ohio state, uh, before last year, we talked about it in the preview and stuff leading up to it. They paid a bunch of money to go out and get Knowles, Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator from Oklahoma state. And it's paid dividends for him. So who would have thought we were talking about Ohio State winning games with their defense uh, and struggling on offense a little bit here and there. But, no, legacy game for Marvin Harrison. So just keep throwing it up to number 18, and uh, the offense keeps clicking for him. Um, next game, Tennessee at Alabama. This was the game of two halves. The first half, Tennessee dominated. They looked excellent. Had all the momentum. They, I think they were up 20 to 7. And then the second half happened. And Bama turned up, turned on a button and they scored 27 points unanswered and won the game. And I think Milro looked good. I mean, I don't think no one thought the Tennessee defense was good. Um, but Alabama's defense, I think that's coaching. I think I think they just Alabama still has that button that they could press to turn it on. Um, where I, I Tennessee dominated the first half, and then everything changed. Um, yeah, I mean thoughts on this SEC country? No, yeah, Tennessee. I watched that game. Uh, I told a buddy at halftime when I was watching. It was at a housewarming party, and so we had. 
he had the YouTube TV. So shout out YouTube TV. We had the, the quad box going where we had four games on at once. Um, and I told him at halftime, I was like, look, the, the problem is Joe Milton's not good enough to beat Alabama. <laughs> and they, they weren't able to do anything in the second half. And same thing, Tennessee had some fourth and shorts, went for it, gave Alabama a short field. Alabama capitalized when Tennessee didn't convert. And you can't, you can't just keep letting Nick Saban off the hook. Like all these teams get Bama dead to rights and then something always kind of breaks Bama's way, which is a, is a credit to a team being disciplined usually and putting yourself in the right positions. But again, I kind of want, well, so I, Joe Milton's not even in the top 10 in SEC in passing yards in that offense they play in. Um, he's basically like Anthony Richardson if Anthony Richardson never really developed. Um, which who knows he might not because he's out for the year with a shoulder injury, but that's a, that's a topic for a different day. So uh, it's, I don't know. I I'm honestly kind of surprised they haven't gone to Nico, the, uh, the freshman yet and just get him some game reps and see what happens type of thing. Cause I'd have to go check the standings. I, I think they've got two conference losses now, Tennessee does. So you're probably behind the eight ball. Um, in terms of where you're going. I, and Joe Milton's not the answer, so. Uh, Hayden Hooker was just built for that offense last year, and <laughs> Joe Milton is not Hayden Hooker. Uh, no. This game, um, you want to talk about Old Miss? Old Miss getting a good road win at Auburn. Uh, the Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze, uh, Lane Kiffin battle. Yeah, it was a good uh, good battle, good win for Ole Miss. It was, I was worried at halftime because it was one of those games where it seemed like Ole Miss could play, played about as bad as they possibly could play, and we were at least tied at half. Uh, and then they came out, and it was 28-14, and Ole Miss had the ball late, and as opposed to trying to push it down the field and score again, they just kind of ran it and took time off the clock, punted it back, and then Auburn went down and got a garbage touchdown. So it kind of looked, you know, it was 28-21. Um, and a game that probably could have been 35-14 or, or – if Ole Miss would have played well in the first half, that game might have been about 42 to seven. So, but in the SEC, you just got to survive in advance each week. That's kind of the same thing with college football. So now Ole Miss got the win. Jackson Dart played played well again. Um, Ole Miss getting a little healthier, had Trey Harris and Zakari Franklin and, and those guys out there. And Quashawn ran the ball really well again. So encouraging sign. Um, it sets it up now so they've got the the home game against texas a&m next week and then georgia after it so we'll see how it all shakes out here for him but it is nice to be going into november with your season goals still alive i love that uh next game is duke at florida state duke was leading this game for the majority of the game um riley leonard got hurt again Kind of sucks to see that kid get hurt because um, we've seen it now in two kind of primetime games. Uh, we saw it against Notre Dame. Then we saw it again against Florida State. He looked like he was on the sideline and was trying to get back in the game. He's kind of running up and down. Um, Notre Dame kind of control or sorry, Duke controlled the majority of the first half um, and had a lead. Um, but Florida State kind of put it on them late and ended up winning by 18. I think the game was a lot closer than that score dictates. Um, Duke was in control um, for a lot of this game. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we, we've seen a lot of Duke. I think now Florida State is the only left, only undefeated team left um, after Louisville lost to Pitt. I know a lot of people had Pitt this last week. Um, a lot of people were sniffed that out um, after the big win versus Notre Dame. Louisville goes on the road and loses to like a was it a two and five or one and five pit team? Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. they were a one win team coming in there, uh, yeah. which is awesome. Um, but that also knocked out Louisville from kind of the scenario we were talking about having three undefeated teams. Um, but yeah, any any thoughts on Duke and Florida State or even that Louisville game? Uh, the Duke game, it was kind of interesting because I was kind of a Cinderella. I was rooting for him, a Mike Elko fan. So I think he might be somewhere a little bigger next year. It might even be in the SEC West wearing maroon and white, if I had to guess. Um, but no, so Florida State, Florida State survives and advances. Again, tough break for Riley Leonard for a kid that's got he's had kind of a rough year. Um for as well as he's played at times he's I looked up his stats so he's got 900 passing yards three touchdowns and two interceptions so it seems like the hype is really um I mean he's been a major player for him don't get me wrong I'm not saying it's not unjustified but seems like the hype and notoriety he's gotten far outweighs the production that's kind of been there on the field so um but no we'll see I, I don't think Duke's dead yet I'd like to see Riley Leonard get back and, and hopefully be able to play for him before the season's over um, those high, the high ankle sprains can be tricky, but nah, we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes there. I still think the ACC is wide open. There's going to be, it, it's gone too chalky thus far uh, with the exception of Clemson, just not being any good. Um, it, it's gone too chalky thus far. I think we'll see, you'll see some stuff happen before, before the year's over with it's kind of unexpected. I, yeah, we can mention that game quickly, but uh, Clemson at Miami, I believe it was, and yeah. Van Dyke got ruled out like right before kickoff, maybe like ten minutes before kickoff. The line swinged, swung, but Miami still beat them. I think in double overtime. Yeah, um, another tough overtime loss for Clemson. Um, Clemson's officially dead. I don't think they'll be in the ACC title, but like you said, I mean. I guess a two-loss Clemson team, FSU sitting there with no losses, and then UNC with one loss and Louisville with one loss. Um, I mean, it, yeah, Clemson's got three conference losses because that Duke game, so they're they're done. Yeah, I guess FSU, Miami, and Duke. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're 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 probably done. Um, I don't see these other teams getting two losses. Um, or uh, yeah, more than two losses. So we'll be interested to see who gets. I think FSU's a front runner there. They're probably going to get in. Um, I think they're the best team. They also have that win over LSU to start the season, which is pretty big. Um, I mean, if they run the table, they they should also get in the playoff. Um, which means we're kind of going to run out of space if we put Washington yeah. and FSU in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the last game I really want to talk about from week eight was uh, Utah at USC. Um, Utah ended up winning 34-32. to 32. This is USC's second loss, their first loss in Pac-12. Um, but I think this 
I think this might be it for USC. Um, I mean, I guess they still have a chance with only one loss to Utah. I mean, we're going to get into Utah versus Oregon here shortly, but thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of predictable, I thought. You had USC in a spot they must win, Lincoln Riley. You're playing a Utah team on the third string quarterback. You're at home, and how do they respond? They went out there, gave up almost 500 yards of offense, which now they've they've given up 480 yards or more um, on in defense. So defense has allowed 480 yards or more in three of their last four games. Um, ironically, the, the one game they didn't allow that many yards was to Notre Dame, but when you're throwing pick sixes and giving the other team a short field, they don't have to go very far to uh, to score. So I, I, you know, I looked at the lines in USC's minus 11 at Cal this week. I thought about trying to ride, trying to ride USC one more time because there's a spot where nobody's going to believe in them. But if you think they struggle with teams that are more physical than them and they might be checked out now, Cal's probably not the rebound spot for them. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty much done with USC. Like I said, they, they're one of those teams that just got a bunch of talking. Uh, it's like go win something first it's one thing to beat up on the San Jose States, but then when you get in your, your own weight class and you're dropping the ball, uh, I, I don't have any patience for them. So I don't know. This Cal team's really struggled. The, the 11 might be calling my name this week um, in a revenge spot for them if, if they're bought in. The only problem is, though, they, USC could just – there's not really a way to predict it, right? Maybe you get some practice reports or something on, on how the morale is around the team, but – I could if they come out ready to play, they'll be fine. It, I was a little crushed because USC had actually came back. They just, you know, they gave up some some big plays there at the end to allow Utah to kick a field goal. Um, I had taken USC money line at like plus five hundred in the third quarter, just for kind of a little fun bet because uh, I knew they had the talent. I was like, oh, I figured they'll probably make up a couple scores here, and make it interesting, which they did. So it was it was a really good betting day. It was almost a great day if USC could have held on to it. Um, I don't know. This game against Cal show what kind of team they are because it doesn't get any easier after Cal. So if you're a team that's, you know, you've got some guys in your competitors, uh, you're going to go out there and compete and you, you take pride in your school, then you've got a chance to, you're still in it with, uh, you've got Washington, Oregon, and UCLA on the board. So in a, to an extent, you still control your own destiny. But I don't know that this team really cares, to be honest with you. Um, all right, that's all we had for the recap. Uh, wanted to get into a couple headlines. Um, I think we have to talk about the Michigan cheating scandal. Um, the kid Connor Stallings had bought tickets to I think 30 game or 60 games in the last three years. I think it was something crazy. Uh, there's clips out there of him being right next to Harborough and watching Ohio State call the play and then him doing some type of symbol to tell the defense what the play was going to be. Um, I think, I think it's blown a little bit out of proportion. Um, I think sign stealing's a normal thing. I think scouting other teams is normal. I just, I just, some of it's damning, but I guess 
my it's not so much a hot take, but what I don't understand is how they don't have mics and helmets in college. It's 2023. <laughs> like how the how the heck don't we have mics and quarterbacks helmets? And maybe it's because the kids are too stupid to have three play calls go in the air. But I don't know. I don't know how we don't have that technology in college today to get rid of this nonsense. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I, I think it is a little blown out of proportion. I, nothing's going to happen this year. Nothing at all. Um, I, it's, it, it's not going to matter this year. If anything, Harbaugh will be suspended for four games that don't matter next season if he's still there. Um, but, yeah, interested to hear your thoughts on this. I, I mean, I definitely it, – like, someone could just research the game film and probably figure out some of it. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I know it's interesting. But I, I think some of it's blown out of proportion here. But it's it's being talked about everywhere every day. Yeah, it's one of those things uh, where I think it probably garners a little more attention because it's Michigan and it's Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and he's one of those guys that people like to hate um, or at least kind of poke fun at. I mean, the I do love Jim Harbaugh. He's such a psychopath, too, that like the, he would do this kind of thing, like to just try and get a competitive advantage. So where, like if you look at the extent that they've really gone to where you're buying tickets to send a guy to the game to sit there and try and track signals especially when they they change signals on a weekly basis so like it's crazy that this is basically what that guy was doing for a living uh, was trying to get signals um and track them down but uh, i don't know again like i said it's overblown i don't think it should affect the team's perform or uh, affect their ability to go to like the college football playoff or anything um probably an unwelcome distraction from the coach if you will it's just – it's like Hardball's one of those guys, it seems like, that he's just always trying to get around the uh, – whatever the rules or regulations are, <laughs> unless unless someone at the NCAA office really has it out for him. Um, between buying recruits cheeseburgers and getting popped for that, and now he's, he's doing the sign-stealing thing. I'll be interested to see what comes of it. Like you said, he probably sits out four games next year. He's probably going to miss the UNLV and Hawaii and uh, <laughs> Eastern Michigan game. But – it, I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things though, that now there's always going to be that banter, right? Like they're going to get this for the next five to 10 years from opposing team fans. So it's going to be one of those jokes. It's probably going to be over memed. Yeah. I honestly, I, I'm not as upset or like clutching my pearls over it. I kind of find it more funny um, and hilarious than anything else, but uh, it's new. St- I'll be, you know, the, the Dion story's out of the news, so that we had to find something else in college football to focus on. Exactly. I'll be happy whenever the next story comes around. I, I hope, anyway, knock on wood, hopefully it's a positive one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. And, I mean, Jim Harbaugh saying he had no idea is crazy. Um, it reminds me a lot of the Patriots' Spygate. Like, they were filming practices and, and games and spots they weren't supposed to. Um from like the press boxes and stuff. And Belichick said he had no idea. It's, it's, it's the same lines. Um, I mean, it's a lot of nothing. It's just something that's to talk about, but I'm sure other teams are doing it. Like they, they absolutely are. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, probably the, the crazy thing is he's got to the extent of where you're just buying stuff off like StubHub to go to the games. <laughs> yeah, and Venmoing people for the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got all the coaching staff is as friendless on Venmo. Uh, which like during 2020, me and the roommates uh, used to to hang when we were hanging out and there wasn't much to do. We you we found out you could go through professional athletes Venmo history at the time. So we'd see like <laughs> stuff they were paying teammates for and it was it was pretty comical but yeah that it's it's all just it, it's completely funny to me um and absolutely hilarious but i i'm sure if michigan wins the ohio state game there's going to be an uproar from one one fan base oh absolutely that, yeah that's a given all right, let's get into uh, week nine preview here. Um, only two games that are uh, kind of ranked on ranked. Um, if there's any other games you want to talk to, happy to do so. But uh, let's get started with Duke versus Louisville. This is a five and two Duke team versus a six and one Louisville. This game is at Louisville. Louisville's minus four. Um, this game's at 330. Um, I would assume Riley Leonard is questionable. Um, I, I think I like Louisville, even if he doesn't play. I think this is a good bounce-back spot for Louisville at home. I mean, it could be a bounce-back spot for Duke as well. Um, but um, I guess Duke only has one ACC loss as well. Notre Dame doesn't count. Um, but, yeah, I, I, thoughts on this game? Um, I'm leaning Louisville. Uh, I mean, that Duke defense is – Yeah, no right – Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, no no Riley Leonard. Um, I would probably take the the four with the Louisville um, or even – especially with it being at home. Is this a night game, do you know? 3.30. 3.30, so you get the late afternoon kickoff. I would take the – I mean, you could tease that through, too, if you wanted to. Um, probably get, like, three and a half. Louisville plus three and a half on like a teaser, which is a pretty good number there, I think. Um, now, the Louisville defense, for what it's worth, their last three games, they have held the opponents under 300 yards, um, less than 100 yards rushing on the ground on five of their last six. So, yeah, I think the Louisville defense is solid. I think they have a big home effort here. Again, it's uh, it's kind of a bounce back game for Louisville, I think. They went on the road. They had the letdown. Then you had a bye. Now you're coming into the Duke game. So, I'll expect them to, to be ready to play. And also they have Virginia Tech next week, so it's not really like this is a look-ahead spot for them. So I expect a, a, a tough effort here from Louisville. I, I expect Duke to show up whether Riley Leonard plays or not. So it should be this should be a pretty good, you know, uh, spectating game if you want. I don't know that I'll have an official play on it, but if I was, it, it would be Louisville. Yeah, it'd probably a stay away from spot here for me as well. Um... The only other game that's ranked first ranked is it's a big one. It's Oregon at Utah. This is also a three thirty game. Um, Oregon minus six and a half. I think that's too many points. Um, Kyle Whittingham and this Utah team have kind of really come into form here. Huge win versus USC last week. Um, I I would think this is probably going to be a defensive battle, um, and I think I like Utah catching six and a half at home. Um, I, I mean, both these teams are very good. Both these teams can't afford a second loss. Um, 
Was Utah's loss a conference loss? Uh, Utah lost. Let me take a look here. So they, yeah, they lost to. Did they lose to USC, or did they beat? Hold on, give me a second here. They Maybe. lost. Sorry, yeah, they lost to Oregon State. They lost that night game, that Friday night game. So yeah, they're they've got a conference loss. Okay, okay. So a lot of these Pac-12 teams sitting here with one loss, can't really afford the second one. Um, yeah. So Bo Nix going into Utah. I'm just I would take Kyle Whittingham in Utah here uh at home catching six and a half so yeah looking at the numbers here so like when we went back to when we picked on the uh that utah oregon state game actually that they lost i talked about i thought oregon state was going to be able to shut down the utah run game and, and make the kid beat him uh bryson barnes at quarterback and so far, Oregon shut down the run game pretty much everybody they've played uh, going back to the Hawaii game. So it's interesting. So Portland State and Texas Tech, the first two games of the season, actually had some success running the ball against Oregon. Nobody else has since. Uh, that's Hawaii, Colorado, Stanford, Washington, or Washington State. They've all been under 100 yards rushing as a team against Oregon. I would lay the six and a half with Oregon here. Um, I think coming into it, um, again, it's a, you've got kind of an untested, uh, not untested, I guess, because he just went and beat USC last week, but um, Bryson Barnes, who's got you know, seven career college starts or whatever it is going up against Bo Nix, who has about 40 career college starts. I honestly do think Oregon might be the best team in the country um, when you look at the advanced metrics and how it grades out. So must-win game for Oregon. They've got to go in there. This is kind of one of those season-defining games for them um, in a big spot. They had they bounced back from the Washington loss last week to, to beat a good Washington State team by two touchdowns. Oregon also still is getting over 500 yards a game. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rolling with the Ducks and till they till they I'm gonna ride the horse till it till it gets where it's going. Right. So. Uh, let, let's keep riding them, especially less than a touchdown. Um, we'll, I'll be, I'll be on Oregon here. I think Bo Nix can get the job done on the road. All right. Love it. Yeah. Any, any other games excite you out here or any, any other games you want to touch or before we get into cards? Uh, let me take a look here real quick and see just a second. Sorry. I've got a bunch of browsers open here. Um, Well, the Tennessee Kentucky game is probably a loser leave town game on <laughs> Saturday night. So uh, that's that's probably two fraudulent teams. Um, we'll see how that goes for them. And then you've got the curveball of uh, Ohio State goes on the road to Wisconsin and what could be a letdown spot uh, on a night game in Wisconsin. Ohio State land 14 and a half. I'd be tempted to, to get on the other side of that. And then also Oregon State is only favored by three at Arizona Saturday night. So, again, that's a team that's ranked 11th and in the thick of a conference championship. That's uh, three? Yeah, it's only three. Wow. So. That's scary. That's, that's scaring me. <laughs> yeah, because oh, I was right. to jump on. It's, it's just, it looks, that smells funky. Yeah, that's like kind of some buyer beware there. Um, oh, and then you've got the the Georgia Georgia Florida game um, in Jacksonville this week, which 
Georgia's laying the 14 and a half. I said it a couple of weeks ago when they played. I, I think Florida is a very similar team kind of to what Kentucky is. Uh, Florida's running backs might be a little bit better, but if they're uh, turning the ball over, then it's going to get ugly quick. Georgia minus the 14 and a half might be the play there. I don't have it on the card, but. Um, yeah, Brock, ba- Brock Bauer's out here. For, yeah, Brock Bauer's uh, out. Yeah, so that that's a game, though, that, I mean, again, you've got a really experienced quarterback, some nice skilled players for Florida. The defense isn't terrible. If they can somehow, like, there's, if they can get uh, Carson back to, to make some mistakes, that game could get real interesting. All right, let's get right into cards. I only I got a short card. Um, only got six plays, so I'll give you five right now, and then save the mortal for the end. Um, getting started right here with uh, I'm taking Kansas State minus seventeen and a half. This is a Houston at Kansas State. Um, I think this Houston team has kind of given up. I think uh, I think Dana Holgerson's days might be numbered in Houston. Um, I like Kansas State a lot. I think they might have a chance to sneak into uh, the Big 12 championship game. Um, Next game, I'm going West Virginia plus seven at UCF. UCF played Oklahoma very tough last week. West Virginia has been upsetting everybody this year. I am riding the Mountaineers at UCF. I don't think UCF's a very good team. we watched Baylor come back and then we watched Kansas stomp them. Um, next game I'm taking, I'm taking Utah plus six and a half. Uh, scares me a little bit after BCB said Oregon's the best team in the country statistically and by advanced metrics. But I am taking Kyle Winningham and Utah catching six and a half at home. Uh, I'm also t- the next one taking Louisville minus four and a half at home. Um, I believe this is a great bounce back spot for them after a huge letdown spot. Um, they beat Notre Dame at home two weeks ago, which was a huge game. So I, I think this is a nice spot for them to bounce back and maybe catch Duke. If Riley Leonard's out, I like it even more. And I think that line might even move um, in favor of Louisville, go a little higher. And then I also am taking Ohio State minus 14 and a half at Wisconsin. I believe Tanner um, – was it Tanner Mordecai? Yeah, he's injured. He's out. So – and I'm hoping Ohio State's getting their guys back this week. Um, Emeka Buka, I I think – Trevion Henderson should definitely be back. He's been a game-time decision the last two games, and he's been traveling with the team. Emeka Buka did not travel with the team two weeks ago. Um but I, I, I'm taking – I'll take Ohio State here to uh, cover that 14-and-a-half at Wisconsin. That should be a pretty good night game at 7.30, though. Um, and then I'll save my moral. What do, what do you got on the card so, so far, BCB? All right, so let's take a look here. Uh, I didn't love the slate, um, but able to pick a couple out right now, and then hopefully I'll get, get a tweet up um, with the rest of it. So – Coming in, I am going to go with, uh, at least from the Saturday games, I've got a mortal, um, but it's a weeknight game. So going to save that for last, obviously. Um, but looking at the, uh, the Saturday game. So I do have, um, Auburn on the card here. I'm going to get on Auburn at home against Mississippi state. 
That Mississippi State team had no business winning a game against Arkansas. Arkansas just looked inept offensively. I think Auburn's at least going to be able to get some stuff going um, on offense. Their defense is good enough. Also, it's a home game, 330. So give me the Auburn minus six. Um, also, so going to take – I hate to do it. Uh, going to do it. I haven't done it in a long time. Give me Nebraska minus the two and a half at home against Purdue on Saturday. I hate betting Nebraska. I just don't think this Purdue team's really where they need to be. The Nebraska team, this seems like the type of game where they win like 20 to 17 and eke out a field goal. And that's actually honestly an improvement for them because it's the kind of game that they would lose um, in years past. So give me that. Also, a team that we've been riding here, uh, been very good team to us, especially as dogs. They're dogs again this week against a bad team. I'm going to take Baylor plus two and a half at home, 3.30 on Saturday. Blake Shapin and the boy, he's getting us our Heisman money back from last year. He's been a good player for us. He got us the outright win against Cincinnati. So we'll have Blake Shapin on the card. Uh, big game in the MAC. I'm going to stay away from it, though. You had the Miami of Ohio versus Ohio. Ohio laying seven. Uh, decided not to touch it, but if you love G5, that's probably the best game on the slate. So wanted to shout it out. Um, man. All right. I had that on the card. I, I had Tennessee minus four. I had to take it off. I don't trust Joe Milton going into a road game at night within the conference. Um, speaking of conference road games and bad teams, Cincinnati's absolutely terrible. Emory Jones is not any better. Oklahoma State started off bad. They kind of got some things figured out. They've been playing as good as football as anybody. They got a home game against Cincinnati Saturday night. Give me Oklahoma State minus a seven, and then I'm going to save the mortal here uh, for for. Uh, or do you want me to go ahead and give it out, or do you want to give yours out first? Uh, go ahead and give yours. Okay. So it's a little bit of a weeds game, but we've got two teams that are moving in opposite directions. Syracuse has had a rough go of it the last two to three weeks. So they're going to, uh, to Virginia Tech tomorrow night. On a Thursday night, we've got Inner Sandman on Thursday. I uh, looked it up. Virginia Tech's actually 14 and six all time at home on weeknight games. So give me Inner Sandman. Uh, Keon Drones has come in at Virginia Tech and started playing quarterback, former Baylor quarterback, by the way. So We've got Keon Drones. Give me Virginia Tech minus a three. Mortal lock tomorrow night. Love it. Uh, my mortals, I'm taking Kansas plus nine. Oklahoma at Kansas. Uh, love Kansas at home. Um, I think Oklahoma might be a little bit of frauds. UCF played them real close last week. Had a chance to win that game. Um, I like Kansas catching nine here. I think that Kansas team is very good. Um, they're very good at home. Um, I, I, I like them catching nine here. So that's, that's my mortal this week. Um, but that's, that's all we had for you folks. Appreciate you listening. We're happy to be back. We'll catch you next week. 